This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. <laughs> You're going to get some fine ass tonight. I bust myself into your guys' neighborhood. It's like I'm tired of the suburbs. So I come to the trailer park to hang out. Kenny basically turned the difficulty up on his life. Stop naming people's last names, dude. You know I have to edit that shit out. <laughs> right hook that skinny motherfucker right in the fucking gizzard. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. Okay, so when you're younger, you feel pretty much invincible. At least I did. I drove fast, I stayed up late, I got up early, I ate what I want, and I basically lived my life like I was untouchable. I mean, within reason, obviously. I wasn't, you know, riding around shooting out with the cops or any shit like that. But as a guy, I did all this sort of shit before I got married. Because as a guy, you can get away with this kind of stupid shit before there's anybody there to check you. And when problems arise, instead of somebody being there saying, hey, maybe you should get that checked out, we're programmed to ignore these problems. Got a problem with your car? Just ignore it. Got a problem with, you know, something at work? Just ignore it. Got a problem with your health? Ignore it. Just keep moving on. And we just move on until we absolutely have to stop and ask for help. It's the same reason guys don't ask for directions. So for me, I had one of these moments when I was 21. I found out that I had kidney stones, or at least I was told I probably did by a nursing student. And instead of doing what most sane people would do when they get this kind of news, I didn't go to the doctor. I just ignored it. I was untouchable. Remember, there's no way I actually had kidney stones. I told myself this chick was a nursing student, not a nurse. So she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about, or at least I hope she didn't. So I just filed it away and kept on moving on. But kidney stones don't work that way. See, kidney stones hurt, and if you've never had them, you won't understand, but it feels like a demon is trying to escape every single time you pee, and that's just putting it mildly. It's one of the worst pains I've ever, actually, no, take that back. It's the worst fucking pain I've ever dealt with in my entire life. It starts out simply with just a little bit of mild pain, and then slowly it starts to build. But again, you keep moving on unless you can't stand it, so I did. I went to work, I hung out with my friends, I still went on dates, and I just ignored it. It wasn't that bad. Then about a month after it all started, the pain came back, and this time, it didn't leave. I woke up one Saturday feeling like my insides were on fire. The shitty, pissy-ass demon has come back, and he wasn't leaving this time. The demon was pissed the fuck off, and he was going to make sure I didn't ignore this problem anymore. So I lay on my bed, writhing in pain, just fucking moaning, and just being like, oh my god, this hurts so fucking bad until I just can't take it anymore. And I realized, I'm not fucking invincible. I'm a huge man baby who's going to die if I don't get this taken care of. So I jump up out of the bed as quick as I can, and I drove myself to the doctor. And I left by myself because at the time I had a roommate, you guys have heard of him, his name's Paul, and he didn't have a license or a car. And again, I'm trying to convince myself I'm okay, so I leave him behind. What's the worst that can happen, and what's he going to do, drive me home? So I drive to the hospital, and as soon as I get to the emergency room, they ask me all the usual stuff, like what's the problem, how long has this been going on, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your pain if 1 was very little, and before she could tell me the fact that 10 
was the top of the scale. I said 10. It's a fucking 10. This pain is a 10. If I could go over 10, I would say it's about 14 or 15, but I am hurting really fucking bad. And you could tell on her face, she's trying to be serious, but she just kind of laughs at me. And as soon as she looks at me, she can see I'm not laughing at all. I'm just looking at it with these eyes that say, lady, I'm not fucking with you. Get me something for pain. But I didn't say anything. I just looked at her. I'm in so much pain. I can't even be a smart ass right this moment. So they rushed me into a room and within 45 minutes or so of being there, I'd already been seen by a doctor and I was told I was going to be getting painkillers, but to make it quicker, it was going to be intravenous. Now at 21, I've never had intravenous pain meds at all. And I'm asking how long it's going to take to kick in. What's it going to feel like when it kicks in? What am I going to feel? And in the middle of talking to the nurse as she's hooking me up to the IV, she looks at me and says, you should feel something very very, very soon. I just looked up at her and smiled. You could tell she was laughing because she knew I was high as shit right at that moment. And after I was hooked up to the IV, I wasn't cursing the world. There was no more demons. I didn't hate everybody in the world. I was good. This was awesome. I wasn't invincible, but I felt pretty fucking good. So everything after the IV started and got hooked into me is a little bit fuzzy, but I do remember the nurse coming back in after a little while and telling me I was good to go. Apparently, I'd been in the room for around 45 minutes to an hour or something like that. I have no idea. It could have been 7 to 10 hours. They could have stolen my liver for all I know. But she said it was time to go, and I lift up and say, yeah, that, that's fine. I'm good to go. And she says, do you have everything you need? And I'm like, yeah, I think I've got everything I need. And As soon as she gives me all my paperwork, I say, okay, am I good to to walk out now? She goes, yeah, yeah, you can leave. And I didn't think about it at the time, but there was one more question that the nurse should have asked me right then and there. But I get out of bed and I found my way out of the emergency room going through the hallway maze and shit like that, like getting almost lost trying to get out of there because it's hard to navigate the emergency room when you're sober. But after the first time you've ever gotten intravenous pain medication, it's a lot fucking harder. So I finally make my way out to the parking lot where as soon as I get out there, I realize maybe I'm not good to go. Maybe I'm not ready to go. Maybe I'm in no fucking shape to drive at all. And the first thing I think about is my roommate, Paul, thinking maybe Paul can help me. But I quickly remembered he was a piece of shit with no license and no car, so he can't help, and I've got to get my car home. All I could think of in my head was, if I get my car home, then I can rest. So I pull myself into the driver's seat, and I have tunnel vision. I can only see very little in front of me, and I drove down one of the busiest roads in Marietta. And I only remember glimpses of the actual drive, but I will never, ever forget the feeling of pulling into my driveway for my apartment complex and just that feeling of relief that I was finally home. And I'll also never forget the fact that I don't remember anybody at the hospital ever asking me if I had a ride home before they sent a 21-year-old high on painkillers out into the streets of Marietta to drive down Austell Road. Thanks a lot, Cobb General. But now as I'm older, I look back at the fact that I wasn't invincible at the time, and none of us maybe are invincible. We all have weaknesses and flaws and shit like that, and stuff is going to break over time. That's the whole meaning of now that I'm older. But maybe it's good to look back on the really good times when we thought we were. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Now That I'm Older, a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you can find us online because that helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us like our badass Patreon, Michelle, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And you can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. Now, Potter 
Modern Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass, independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Modern Family, you're going to find our show as well as the How to Read podcast, the Sage and Savant podcast, and the Crit Squad podcast. And this week on episode 142, this one time at Bandcamp, we have a little bit shorter episode this week, but me and Kenny talk about our experiences in band and all the crazy shit that went along with that. So check it out. We'll be right back. I told on. people about you grabbing Carrie Carrie's <laughs> pooch. <laughs> First off, we're not calling it a pooch. <laughs> For her, that word fits. <laughs> I'm talking about Carrie Massengill. I'm editing all this out, dude. Fuck her and all the noise back then, dude. That was fucking 13 or not dude, 13. The little crew, 16. The little crew you guys were in tried to be all mad, too. The little drum, <laughs> little drum crew with Jenny Smith. <laughs> oh, she was fucking Lord of the Flies back then when it came to the fucking... Yeah, they uh, tried to be Lord of the Flies. And they were all like, yeah, so... Talk shit about Carrie and Shane. Shane are yelling at me. We're fine. I don't care about Carrie or the rest of y'all. So fuck off. <laughs> David, you're going to call David over here to kick my ass? Come over here, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slap you in your David head. Okay? I'll knock that fucking red hair straight, you stupid fucker. <laughs> All right. So oh, I guess we really can't pick on him. Well, what about what about Jeff? You want to send Jeff over here? <laughs> Jeff. Come on. <laughs> Stop naming people's last names, dude. You know I have to edit that shit out. <laughs> right hook that skinny motherfucker right in the fucking gizzard. All right, let's <laughs> let's, let's get in character. Okay, I want to talk about uh band camp. Band I want to talk about band. I want to talk about some of the fucked up shit we saw. All right, all right. We band. were in band. We were in band. I remember for concert band one year, I auditioned for uh baritone. You had to audition for chairs. First chair, second chair, et cetera. People who don't get a chair have to stand during band class. No, at a point you get to like third chair and everybody else is third chair. Usually you have one, two. And <laughs> it's three. participation fucking trophy if I ever heard it. Of course. You're in the course. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't get to stand up ever. <laughs> so there were only three baritones though. So we're pretty much one, two, and three. So I, I the, but the winner of the baritones, we had one silver baritone for concert season. Really? Oh, yeah. It was way nicer than the other two baritones. <laughs> baritones were like little mini tr- uh, tubas for people who don't know. Right. Especially in the concert season. It literally sits on your lap and it's big and giant. Band nerd. Yeah. Totally band nerds here. Um, and I was a trumpet player, too. But I like this one better because it was deep bass. Usually have better parts, in my opinion. So you liked, <laughs> it, you liked it deep. And there was less trip competition. Um, and I wanted that silver baritone. <laughs> the so, school didn't provide trumpets because trumpets only cost a couple hundred bucks. Right. Baritones were a little bit more expensive. Yeah, so, so basically, if you, you played an expensive instrument, the school would provide it. Because like a baritone is like $20,000. Yeah. They had saxophones and shit like that all over the yeah, place. Yeah. Like the bass sax and stuff like that. But right. you're not getting a regular saxophone. Like you can't play George Michaels and hope you're going <laughs> to You can't be the super sexy sax man. He doesn't like George Michael. <laughs> um, so, so really, it came down to you for vanity when it came down to the band. Yes, yeah, so I wanted the, I wanted the best instrument they had. So I'm sure everybody's shocked to hear that's what it came down to. <laughs> Kenny so, just wanted to stick. So out. you had to play at least three scales. I played all the scales because scales are super easy to learn. Stop bragging, dude. Just get to the point of what you actually dude, did. Shut the fuck up. I'm telling my story. All right. So I played my scales. Be all long winded then. And then you were supposed to play a song. And most people just went to the school like music section that we had in band and picked a song there. Well, me, I found a book. Uh, it was like p- a piano, uh, piano music for like classic rock songs, right? Okay. Like you play on the piano, which 
easily can translate to a baritone. So I took the song, uh, House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. And unbeknownst to me, but I'm sure the band director knew because he was like 60, what, five back then? I don't know. He was 7,000 years old or something. Late 60s and the 90s. So he was around during the 60s. So he He might have been in the 70s when we were in band. Might have been, but he definitely knew who the animals were. Right. And he probably definitely knew House of the Rising Sun is a song about a whorehouse. And that is what I played for my audition. Did and, he laugh at all? Did he like acknowledge the fact no, that you played the song? No, and I was clueless to what it was about at that young age because it's not real obvious if you listen to the song. It's, no, it's it definitely has like a more. It's not like Lagrange by uh, ZZ Top where it's like, hey, 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 you're going to get some fine ass tonight, boy. That's nothing obvious, but it's clearly as an adult, it's clearly a song about. A man going to the whorehouse for the first time. I just want to go ahead and let you know that I'm going to clip the uh, the section of you saying you're going to get some fine ass tonight, and that's going to be one of our intro clips. I'm just letting you know that's, that's what's going to happen. Shit. Yeah, interrupting my fucking story for that. Goddamn. Dude, what, what else? What else goes into your story? You did, told? Did you stop Edward every time we were going to use something for a preview in the movie? And be like, hey, Edward, just so you know, I know you're in the middle of a monologue, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be using part of that from the for the intro clip. He would have fucking killed you. He would have attacked you with his little scrawny arm. <laughs> Cut. Hey, I just want to let you guys know. I'm going to use this part. (laughs) Shane is not allowed in this room anymore. So anyway, I played House of the Rising Sun, and I got first chair and got the silver baritone. Now, That also meant you got to play any solos in the concerts. Was this before or after you beat up the other two kids? This is after. This is my senior year. (laughs) So our band director just didn't care that much. He didn't care about, like, in-house stuff. As long as you didn't like get in trouble with the rest of the school, you pretty much had a clear pass. Well, that's the one thing that I think people outside band have no idea about. Like, if you want to go a little bit deeper, let's just say we kind of ran ourselves. Oh, yeah. Like, we had justice for ourselves inside the band. Um, each section, like, the band itself was like one entity. The drumline was this whole other separate thing from the band and shit like that. Well, and we band all- is also compromised largely of nerds. Oh, completely. So, when you have a couple of guys in there who comparison, you have like, you know, regular people and then Wolverine because <laughs> they're that nerdy. Because like basically, I could fight twelve nerd band kids at one time. I Easily. never. I, I just want to go ahead and go on record but while everyone's listening and say I never saw you fight twelve people at any time. I didn't say I did either, but I easily could have if they were band kids. <laughs> For the average part, it's really not hard. Like you even like get a finger across their nose with a backhand slap, and they're gonna cry. So, like most of them, you could just yell at. And <laughs> you're pretty much going to win. So anyway, band directors have to keep that in mind too. Like if we ever get like into a scuffle with another band, you got to have some Wolverines. Wait a minute. Now you're saying that the band is like this little uh, force that you can take to you, attack you, other bands. Are you not th- seriously going to try to sell that? We never got into any conflicts with other bands at competitions. We did get in conflicts <laughs> with other bands at competition. We did yell at other bands. Our we- band was known for being like, well, <laughs> here's the other thing that we were from Marietta Osborne high school where we were in band was from Marietta, but let me just go ahead and paint a picture for you guys. Marietta is a huge place. There's East Cobb where it's all nice and all the streets and you know, like don't have Parts trash of on Marietta them and shit. Are nice. Well, the part we were in was not part of the part we were in was not a nice part of Marietta. In fact, the part we were in was kind of shitty to be quite honest. And we had some rough characters in band. Like it wasn't, I mean, they were all nerds and shit like that, but you had a lot of people who had to fight every day, like to get out of their neighborhood. And, and shit. then you had people like me who were just psycho. 
Well, I don't know if you were psycho or if you were just kind of like a large fish in a small pond I in just, the breast section. I just – I know. We're talking about the whole thing about how I bust myself into your guys' neighborhood. It's like I'm tired of the suburbs. So I come to the trailer park to hang out. Kenny basically turned the difficulty up on his life. Dude, <laughs> y'all, any of y'all have any drugs that could fuck up our futures? <laughs> Kenny basically went from playing on easy mode to being like, I want to go to hard. Like a, normal's normal, but I want to go to hard. Okay. I want to go like, go live in a trailer where there's and like a hole in the ground. then we saw people who were crackheads and I was like, I don't want to go to extreme though. <laughs> I don't want to go to crushing. Okay. I don't want to go to crushing. I just want to feel rewarding with all this shit. I don't want to feel like I'm fucking... Lone Survivor. <laughs> um, in in band there were uh, there were quite a few things that went on. There um, was always fundraising, and I I, st- I basically ripped our school off. For <laughs> several, I remember like several boxes of candy. I remember being like the kid who always did what I was supposed to when it came to shit yeah, like that. Puss- now I did good. We shut the fruit. fuck up, motherfucker! I wasn't a pussy. <laughs> you were pussy. I wasn't a pussy. You're I a just did what I was supposed to. Okay, so I prefer to think that I did exactly what I was supposed to and I followed the rules and Kenny thinks that makes me somewhat of a pussy. Whatever, it's up to you guys to decide what you think. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about more about our crazy life and band and later on, we're going to have a brand new installment of This Week with DeBoss where DeBoss stops in and tells us more about the thug life. So check it out. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Do you like podcasts? Do you like listening to podcasts? Do you have ears? Do you like Justin and Chrissy? The that's our names. I know. We have a podcast. It's called So I Married a Movie Geek. Check out this clip where we talk Star Wars sex. Uh, this is I don't know how to explain this articulately, but the what quote unquote gives me lady boners as far as this goes is not a person and not like especially not like a guy where you know like hair support or, or Luke or you know even if I swung the other way and said ooh Leia like, what are you walks he walks like stacked on top of each other <laughs> I mean little double Ewoks if I if if I were gonna go that route, I would just go for Chewbacca. Like, why do I need two stacked on top of each other when I can have Chewbacca? So you like movies? Do you like good times? Check us out. We're so I married a movie geek at Movie Geekcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, all those other things. We'll see you at the movies. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. All right, Kenny. This week we're going to do a brand new commercial for Patreon. You've already been told What's what pa- you've already been told what Patreon is. Uh, I knew you, you were going to ask you me. Assume that I listen. Don't fucking ask me what Patreon is. Patreon is the place. patreoncom slash older Where if they go there, give us money, donate oh. to the podcast every month. Yeah, give me some money. It's for now that I'm older. It's not for Kenny. There is no place to donate to Kenny. Don't try to donate directly to Kenny. Patreon.com, if you go there, we're going to give you things like stickers, T-shirts, unreleased content. We're also going to have Kenny do a shout-out where he talks about you directly, and he's going to do his best to make it as nice as possible. No, I'm not. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Here's what's happening in the news. Old Hitler's at it again. He's up there in his high tower listening to the Partians of the Galaxy podcast. It's giving him the push he needs to fight the war. Up next, the Honeymooners. Hey, Norton. Who's that, Ralph? We need to do a podcast. 
Well, I mean, okay. not a podcast. The promo for it. Oh, okay. Let me just get my promo voice ready. Okay, okay, do it. Uh... Would you cut that crap out? Oh, okay. <laughs> We're trying to do it. Do it. Do it good. All right, Ralph. Here we go. Start doing it. I'm just got to get ready. Here we go. All right. Uh... Come on, would you cut that? <sighs> Listen to the podcast, please. The party is in a galaxy. We beg you. <laughs> please. Norton, say something. Something. Joe, do your job. So if you're out there, go and listen to the podcast. That's Partians of the Galaxy. Now bun you yet. You're not going to die on the planet, guy. I'm not? What's my last name? It's, uh, um, uh... Nobody knows. You know why? Because my character isn't important enough for a last name. Because I'm going to die five minutes in. Guy, you have a last name. Do I? Do I? Except when you were fighting with Rob Felton about his interracial girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different we time. sold oranges and I did great because I hated <laughs> selling oranges. That was the shittiest I, I, I thing. I did to great. Sell. My parents gave everybody oranges that year for Christmas. That's how I got to go to Disney, um, where you grow up carry around. <laughs> and they got really mad at me for telling everybody. <laughs> I did get really mad at you. I did, I did threaten to beat you up and shit like that. He was all screaming. I did the same thing Shane did to the freshman. I just went, okay. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> Thanks for making that completely unsatisfying. <laughs> she came to my house and like tried to talk shit. I just closed the door on her. <laughs> See, high school was a totally different time. High school was a totally weird time when it came to Why shit Why are you like mad that. at me for talking about what happened? Because <laughs> not everybody needs to know what happened, okay? Well, you should have made out in front of everybody on the goddamn bus. <laughs> I wasn't making out in front of everybody. I was in my seat. You should have stayed in your seat and kept your nose out of my business. And I used an antiquated term to tell everybody they thought it was hilarious. So it spread like wildfire because you goosed her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the need for speed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Shane was so mad. He yelled at me at the lunch table. <laughs> I was trying to eat my pizza and I was like, okay, can we move this along? I'm hungry. <laughs> it was one of those stupid times where like I had, uh, I had gotten caught with my hand in the cookie jar and Kenny told everybody what I had done. And I, not like, Ooh, you- it was more like, you guys should have seen what Shane was doing. On the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know Carrie with the mustache. <laughs> It wasn't like, ooh, Shane Shut touched. Shut the fuck up, dude. It wasn't like, ooh, Shane touched this girl inappropriately. It was like, he was so. He took the girl with the mustache. And her name was. And that was the most womanly thing about her. I am not going to use her last name. I'm going to have to clip this up every time. I'm just saying. Oh, you can use her last name. She, she probably had a sex change and changed her name anyway. I bet she still has her that name's mustache. Ron. I bet, she, I bet she still has that mustache right now. I bet she doesn't. I bet it's much thicker she, than she should come back to my house and talk shit again. I'll close the door on her fucking ass again. Fuck out of here, bitch. With that thick, luscious mustache. She was like one of the like the equivalent to a goth kid back in our day with the metal kids. So after all this happened, right, and after I like looked back in horror about what I had done <laughs> with her, she later on worked with me at uh, McDonald's. <laughs> but that was awkward. Oh, it was uh, completely <laughs> until she started dating a guy that I was pretty sure was homeless who worked <laughs> with us. Yeah, you're worried about putting her last name on there. So, no, hold on one second. Now, to go on that I- trip, I sold oranges, but I'll go back to my original point. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And I sold like 400 cases of oranges. And I remember uh, before that, though, I totally blew it. We sold candy. Remember oh, that? yeah, we sold the suckers and shit. No, the suckers I did okay on. But we never made a lot of money. They gave us like cup, uh, Reese's Cups, M&M's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember selling candy. M&Ms. Yeah, yeah. And like each box you were supposed to, you got like 16, like 60 things. And you were supposed to make like $300. And I, I remember eating a lot of candy. <laughs> I ate all that shit. It was supposed to be like, because they're for charity. They're supposed to be like $5 per box. And I remember they were me. We were like, what happened to your candy? And I was like. Some kid told me he was going to beat me up if I didn't take it. <laughs> so I totally told them that I got threatened to get beat up if I didn't hand over my ca- my candy to some kids who I thought were in a gang. <laughs> and my band director was looking at me hard. I was looking back at him hard. And it was it was this look. I know you're lying. And me going, I know you know I'm lying. But you can't prove <laughs> but it. But you can't prove it. <laughs> Our band director, Mr. Bradley, just to let you guys know, was this guy who – I'll be honest. He's kind of one of those uh, teachers you see in the after school specials where like he, he really cares quote unquote, um, <laughs> but sometimes he can't remember your name. Um, and he never talks to the office. No, no dude. He would get like, we would have fights in band and he'd be like, you two go out in the hallway. <laughs> like he would send the two kids who just got in a fight in band. This is not a joke. Like two or three times it happened. He sent two kids out in the hallway who were fighting to go work it out and send them out there and said, y'all talk it over for the rest I of the class. I an entire semester sitting outside the band and role-playing because <laughs> several of us decided we weren't going to – still got an A. <laughs> still Dude, got never, never took attendance, never gave a fuck. As long as you were there to perform during concerts or during the thing on the I didn't participate lines. that concert season. It's the year before I was first chair. <laughs> It was your senior year when I was busy fucking around off with all you motherfuckers. Oh, that's right. Because Kenny tries to blame it on us, but he basically became a slacker his junior year because all his friends were seniors. And all of us were preparing to go off into our lives and shit like that. And Kenny's like, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. You know what? I'm I'm pretty excited about throwing the rest of my life away. Let's really fuck this senior year of high school up all together for me the next year. Because as soon as we all graduated, you were like, I don't even really care. I'm going to move out, get an apartment. Fuck all that noise. Dude, my senior year sucked. It was that's the year like I beat up the kid, the cripple kid, <laughs> stomped on the baritone. I remember this. We've talked about this story before, but every time I think about you beating a kid up who was who equal, was crippled, equal opportunity. He was physically handicapped. He had cerebral, beat him up. He had cerebral palsy. What is it you have against cerebral palsy? I don't. What is I it that you have he, he was an obnoxious kid who happened to have cerebral palsy. <laughs> so when he acted obnoxious, I did the same thing I would have done to Look, anybody else had they acted that way. If we put us all on, <laughs> on, the, on the same playing field all together, this kid was a dick. Like he basically <laughs> was an asshole with the way he would talk yeah. to you. And he thought because his dad taught ROTC at our school that his dad would, you know, he could do whatever he wanted. He thought he got special privilege. His because- dad wasn't even mad at me for beating him up. His dad understood what I was saying about equality. He was like, you should be proud, son. You finally got somebody to beat your ass. <laughs> Every young man needs to know what it feels like to get your ass beat. <laughs> I'm equal opportunity to get your ass whooped. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt about it. Like, all right, this kid's crippled. But if anybody else had said this to me, I'd smack him in the mouth. And that's what I remembered. I went, hey. <laughs> and I slapped him in his fucking mouth. I just want to go ahead and now, drop he did in. fall from on the weak leg, so I felt bad for that. I, I should have hit him from the other side. I just want to go ahead and throw in right now. Recently, 
and in past episodes, we've already talked about you beating up the cripple kid in band. We've talked about that before, and you stomping his instrument flat because you're a dick. Um, he was a dick. That's why I did it. I wasn't a dick. He was a dick. I was that like a school instrument, or was that his instrument? That was his instrument. You stomped his instrument flat. That was like $300 his parents had to pay. Uh, it was a French horn. It was probably more than that. Dude, so like five, $600 that his parents had to pay. It was for a shitty one. They shouldn't have bought a bit cheap one. They go to the pawn shop and get the starter kit. But we've talked about you beating up a cripple kid who had cerebral palsy and stomping his instrument flat. We've also talked about you attacking a a, a deaf kid um, in no, school. No, I didn't attack him. I hit him in the face with a dodgeball. <laughs> Kenny viciously saw this kid walking no, no, behind I, the school. Again, nobody felt bad for this kid. His name was Preston. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about Preston Preston was a fucking how, dick. How proud you Preston were. Preston was a dick. And this was a middle school where you have the same class every year, so... We knew you Preston was pods and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, nobody felt sorry for Preston because Preston was constantly a dick. And it was one of those things where, like, he was such a dick that nobody even cared anymore that he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Preston got his ass beat a couple of times. What I did to it wasn't that bad. I just popped him out in a dramatic way that everybody clapped for. I, I hit him squaw in the nose. <laughs> it was amazing how they shot out equally. It was like a cartoon. <laughs> and he's talking, of course, about the hearing aids that he knocked yes. out of this kid's ears. And basically, with a dodgeball playing battle ball. It's one no, it's a dodgeball. It's not no, battle ball. it was called battle ball at my school. We had cones you could hit to pull your teammates back in. It That's was, stupid, dude. You no, it was awesome. catch a ball to, ca- to no, bring your teammates back in. You could in. catch a ball and bring in one teammate at a time. No, wait, no, no, no I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. You catch the ball, your teammates came back in, but you could also hit one of the cones. And they these big cones, they're like little bitty cones, like the hockey cones. <laughs> Instead of buying a goal, they had two cones. <laughs> yeah. Because we were poor. Because <laughs> our school was fucking poor as shit. So they had these little cones, and they put them on each corner of the uh, the basketball keys, the two keys. Okay. So you had them on the sides and the top and the bottom of the key circle. This seems like you're just complicating no, dodgeball. No, you hit it. No, because we'd put the best catchers in front of your cones. So when they tried to hit your cones, it was an easy catch because people usually weren't throwing hard at the cones. Why were you? Why were the cones even involved? Would you hit the cones? It's just another get? way to bring your teammates in. What if there's only one guy left and you want to bring your teammates in? You have to throw that guy where you can catch him. The cones gave you something to defend. It just made the game more fun. So that was called battle ball. And plus, in battle ball, you know how you have a basketball court with all the different lines? Right. We had a neutral zone. Where nobody could hit each other. You couldn't enter the neutral zone. You couldn't go. There was like it was, was like there a, was there a troll there? You had to pay the troll toll. No, there was no troll toll. There was no <laughs> going there. Period. You just had to get into the boys' soul. It was where the midcourt is, where everybody lines up when they throw the basketball up for the toss up. Right. You couldn't go into that middle section. What happened if you did? Was the was the ground locked? You were out. The judges would call you out. Why would the ju- why that dude this this is way this too is many battle rules. ball this is this is why it was awesome so we always had battle ball where you could either play battle ball or if you're a bitch you could play kickball well first of all kickball could be really awesome because there were you days I played kickball because like if you have like a little headache or something you know because we played battle ball hard. oh no dude no no like when you finally get to a point like they turn kids out on each other when it comes to fucking <laughs> Jim, playing dodgeball dude. Jim was like all right Spartans <laughs> exactly dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, they'd be like, they'd be like, okay, today we're gonna play, uh, we're gonna play softball, and all of a sudden, all the kids are, Hurroo! like, it was fucking literally a fucking army of children. I saw a kid one time in fucking um, middle school throw a softball and hit our coach in the back of his head, and our coach turned around. He was this former military guy, and he looked at this kid like, I'm gonna whoop your ass. Coaches are always hard, and then he started running towards the kid and be like, and he's like. 
did you mean to fucking do that on purpose? Saying the F word to us while we're standing around. And I'm like, oh, dude, Kevin, you done fucked up, dude. <laughs> Kevin's going to die, y'all. <laughs> he grabbed Kevin by the arm and marched him up the hill to the Your fucking sure office. Dude, fuck that, dude. This Your kid- story's about some shit you always watch because you're a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My story's right about what I did. Anyway, we were talking about Preston because we were talking about something else. Oh, because we're talking kid. about you having a problem with fucking people who are handicapped, whether it's cerebral palsy. No, it was one guy. No, it's two guys. Preston was talking. a handicap. He just couldn't hear and he was an asshole. He was hearing impaired. The little cerebral palsy kid was cool from that day on. The, he was hearing impaired, meaning he was physically now, disabled. He was still a dick to other people, but he wasn't a dick to me. Meaning, now, Preston, he's probably still a dick. That dude was a dickhead. This means that you just like to beat up on people who are physically yeah, handicapped. I've, I've beat the shit out of plenty of people who weren't physically handicapped, at least until I got a hold of them. <laughs> I have never beat anybody's ass just because I felt like beating their I ass. I showed up at your house with a fire poker one time ready to fight Paul. <laughs> you were like, he's up in his room. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. At, uh, I did the same thing at David and Telvis's house, where I showed up and I, or uh, I showed up at the house, and I was like, "David, where's Telvis?" He goes, "He's upstairs." <laughs> he just stepped aside. <laughs> Telvis weighed like fourteen pounds total, Ooh, and I Telvis. go marching up all six foot three and two eighty and shit, marching up the steps. And Telvis is like, "Dude, I'm gonna call the cops if you come in my room. Don't come in here." <laughs> Telvis, Telvis had no authority in his own house. He was so small. <laughs> I locked Telvis in a closet one time. <laughs> I pissed in Telvis' trash can one time. <laughs> we put his car in between two poles. I think you were at one of us. I do remember moving his car. Um, I do remember having to lift a car off of a... Uh, he had like this little bullshit Civic, and we all just picked up one corner and walked in between two poles where he couldn't get it out. <laughs> it was a Cavalier. It wasn't a Civic. It was a Cavalier. It was this little shitty Cavalier that he had, and he, we put it between two poles where he couldn't get it out and shit. And he's like, you guys are mean, we crab man. walked that son of a bitch in between two poles, so it was basically... Front and back ends were touching the pole. <laughs> so I want to go back and revisit the fact that you hate people who are handicapped. I don't hate people who are handicapped. I fear quadriplegics. <laughs> and I don't take anybody's shit whether they're handicapped or not. So you hate handicapped people. Is what uh, we're really yeah, I treat them the same way I treat everyone. If they give me lip, I'll smack the shit out of them. I, that's equal opportunity. Not if they're like a quadriplegic. I'd never be that close to them. <laughs> I, I have this unnatural paranoia that they're somehow going to kill me. I don't understand why I have this fear, but it's a real world thing where I start sweating and panicking around quadriplegics. I don't know why. Oh my god, I'm so sorry for laughing, but I can't. I just, <laughs> He's the I real can't. asshole. He's over here laughing about this. I'm laughing at your like irrational fear. Like they're just gonna jump up, and like they're vampires you. or something. I don't know. Like they're gonna steal my soul. <laughs> like they're gonna get you or some I, shit. I would say don't write any letters, but obviously they can't write. <laughs> can't use their limbs. So don't don't send me any of your thoughts. <laughs> don't steal my soul. <laughs> Nothing personal. I just, I'm afraid of you. Oh, Kenny, I, I, I just don't know, dude. I just, I don't know. I know. They're fucking terrifying. Fuck you, bitch. Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time. Welcome to another installment of This Week with DeBoss, where one of my real-life Facebook friends who calls herself DeBoss allows me to read her Facebook statuses aloud for you guys so you can get a glimpse of what the thug life really means. Now, let's check in with DeBoss. In the ghetto, on the cold and gray Chicago morning, I've 
can't even go see my own mother unless that cunt is there. Wish the bitch would fucking disappear. A lot of people would be much happier without her miserable ass around. She makes everyone miserable all because she's a miserable person. And she wonders why no man wants her or she can't keep or get one. Because you're a miserable, two-faced, lying cunt. Why would anyone want to be around a bitch like you? Thank you. That is why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. I won't do. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. I'm sorry. I've worked by a lot of hours for the week. Basically, I union membership. I tell you, fuck yourself. Kenny, we still have more to record. You can't just stop the show like this. You should have been more efficient with your recording choices, sir. And remember, my sentimental friend, that a heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others.